Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Main Man, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andres Podcast, where you can find me on Spotify, and where you also can find me on Apple Podcasts and other distributions of of podcast sources that are brought by a brought through Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout distributes my stuff out there. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, this is one of the better ways of doing it. Yes, and they have a lot of other sources out there for other uh podcasts. But right now I just started with uh Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I know that I am uh, far from many, from few that listen to my po- podcast. And for those first-time listeners, this is a podcast for people who don't get a voice, who don't get to hear, don't have someone to listen to. No one listens to us. No one wants to hear us. So I created this podcast for people who are majority of disabled men from birth or anybody that doesn't feel like they're being heard. And I want to say thank you for anyone that's listening out there. And if you have any questions or remarks about this podcast or any other thing that I can help you with, you can always contact me at Crazy Dre Podcast Show. And and let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, folks. This is January 11th. Three days ago, it was someone's birthday. Someone that died over 25 years ago. Someone that, someone, someone that had a huge influence in me. Someone that I, I believed in. The way that the Christians believe in Jesus and the Muslims believe in Prophet Muhammad and Allah. The way that the Jews believe that someday God will send two prophets, a financial prophet, and a spiritual prophet to come back. The person I'm talking about for myself is a man that never promised about coming back and never did ever want to ever come back. This man is Elvis, his name, his name is Elvis Presley. And for those out there who, who know this name, you're like, oh, this is cool. He likes Elvis, so a great singer, a great man. Unfortunately, he died at a very young age and, and then died on the toilet. And for others, and for others who know this man's name, is going to say it's crazy. Why do you like this man so much? He stole rock and roll. He stole the rhythms and blues of the of the of the black man, like Chuck Berry and Little Richard, and somewhat of James Brown's stuff. So, so what does this mean when I say that? Elvis is my hero. Well, let me explain something to you folks. When you're born into this world as a disabled person, and you try to tell people that that my that my life is pretty bad and it's pretty boring, it's pretty and it's just not fun. And you know what helped me escape my boredom? my inability to do things on my own, my inability not to be able to play instruments or play sports because I have a very limited left hand. You know what a, people like me do? We hero worship. We worship our heroes. 
That's what we do. And why do we do that? It's because we have no faith in ourselves. We have faith in other people that can do, accomplish everything that we want, everything that we can do. We, we go out of our way to worship those guys. And when that guy that I'm talking about for myself was Elvis, and it's because when I was a young kid, no one liked me. I wasn't really attractive. Not that I'm supposed to be attractive or cute when I was a little kid. But people made fun of me. People people would tell me I'm stupid or I look like a retard or I'm just not cool enough to be hanging out with them. Even if I liked the same sports as they did as they did, or the same teams as they did. Even if I was similar to those people, those same people did not, not want nothing to do with me. So when I would go home by myself and they didn't have friends to go to their house, and I, and I never got invited to people's houses when I was a preteen or teenage and even high school, you know what I did? I locked myself in my room and I listened to music from Bruce Springsteen to Guns N' Roses to Lionel Richie to, you know, anything that's out there, Nirvana, Elvis. And that was my escape. My escape was that, that if I could be like them and if I had a left hand, I could leave this town. I could leave this place. I could leave all these people behind me. And they would laugh at me for leaving. But then I could get the last laugh. So when I went, in, so when I went into my room and worshipped my heroes, Axe Rose, Tupac Shakur, Malcolm X, Elvis Presley, I was in my own zone, uh, my own imagination, my own imaginary world. And it's pathetic to think about that now that I'm older. It's really immature for anyone in his preteens or teenage years to do somewhat something like that. And it wasn't really about him being good looking. A lot of people would think that. I worshipped Elvis or I loved to listen to Elvis because he was a good-looking guy. And then some people that would just assume that because I like to listen to Elvis or I, I admired Elvis so much that I must be a homosexual. Well, that wasn't the case either. I just could tell people, like, no, I like his music. I like his style. And it was cool for me. Even though Elvis was not cool and relevant in the 90s. He, he just wasn't. But for me, he was. And people, like my father, my father was really upset. My adopted father was really upset that I didn't worship him. That he was not my hero. That, I mean, I'm sorry, that I didn't worship him. And it really bugged him. And I think it still does to this day. And a part of the reason why is that the kids who are adopted 
to know that they have a different background or different genetic than their adoptive parents. We all want to be similar to our parents, and we want someone to be similar to us. And some people think that's selfish. Some people say, well, your parents adopted you, and you should forget about your birth parents. You should forget about where you came from because you, where you came from was such a bad, 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 a horrible place. And it was. But how about Escobar destroyed Medellin? And if, and if you don't know what, who Pablo Escobar is or, or uh, where Medellin is, look it up. Look it up. It's a homework for you. So I came from that world. So when I came to America, I was very happy, uh, very naive. I was very happy to have a father. But as I got older, I realized my father and I were not similar. We were not the same. I did not have his genetic gene. So there was no way for me to to connect with somebody as an adult, as a male uh, influencer or as a male um, teacher. He taught me a lot of good things about life. My adoptive father taught me common sense and and think about the things that you're going to do and respect and loyal and and be a good worker and a and a hard worker and be disciplined just like any father should teach their kids but there's something about knowing who your gen genetic gene came from and where you came from and how you how you're going to grow old someday like my brother who is technically my brother of my parents he loves my dad because that's his birth father. He worships him. He wants to live his life exactly the way that our father lived. Bringing up kids, going on vacations, stuff like that. But for me, I, you know, I think a lot of the problem was that, was that you know, in some ways I could not mature physically or mentally at the time. Now, I was responsible as a young adult going to work and going to school and and certain things in life that most 18 or 16-year-old kids should know how to do. But, but when it comes to, um, to my maturity level for a boy who is disabled, you start to not believe in yourself. And then you become an obsession of someone else. So you become that person by accident. So I started to become whoever my influencer at the moment of the time came. So when I was a little kid, it was Elvis. When I was in my preteens, teenage years, it was Guns N' Roses. When I was in high school, it was more like Kurt Cobain and Tupac Shakur and all these hip-hop artists that I had no association to the hood or to the roughneck of, of Philadelphia or Detroit or Chicago or South Central L.A. And I started adapting into those type of personalities 
even if I was far from few or far from many, far as far from those type of towns and cities and culturizing. And in some ways, I became obsessed with Malcolm X because I could relate to Malcolm X. I could relate to the fact that no one likes Malcolm X. Everyone likes, everyone likes Dr. King because Dr. King talked about peace and love. And I'll get into some time of, my, of, of, of what I think the philosophy of Malcolm X and Dr. King is so different. But the reason why I liked Malcolm X is because no one liked him and no one liked me. And a lot of times I would say crazy stuff, crazy ideas, crazy thoughts. Not like Eminem thought, like killing somebody, or not like some weird uh, psychopathic thought. But I would just say the truth based on what I see. So if I saw someone lying, I'd say, well, you're lying because you're doing this and this and that. And they get offended by it because they know that I knew the truth. But for me, Malcolm X was influential to me because he taught me how to be self-disciplined. He taught me that it was okay not to be like Elvis Presley. It was okay to not to be this blonde-haired, blue-eyed man, which was who Elvis really was, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed man. But, but I think my immaturity level, I grew the fact that I tried to understand my heroes. I didn't just worship my heroes. I didn't just go to church and say, I love Jesus. And then people go out of church and forget about the word of God and say, oh, forget the word of, of what Jesus Christ said or the, what the preacher said the Sunday. I want to know my heroes. So. So me trying to understand Elvis was much more important than becoming Elvis. So then I figured out that Elvis was never really happy. Think about this, folks. You're the best-looking man in the world in the, 20th, in the 20th century. You're a man that can sing. You have a, you've got a very genuinely great voice. People love his voice because it's very intimate. It, they make it, he makes it sound like he's, he's talking to you or he's singing to you. With women, that's what, they, that's what they wanted to hear out of a man. Love me tender. Love me sweet. Or, or whatever if you're a guy that's walking down the street and you see Elvis and Elvis, Elvis opening up open up his doors to his studio and say, welcome to my world. Won't you come out? Uh, won't you come on in? And that's what people, that's why people loved Elvis so much. Because he was a generally lovable personality. He brought happiness to people. His voice brought happiness and peace to people. I don't know how he did that, I don't know if that was ever his intentions to do that. But in reality, he was never really happy. And it's because so many, so many scenarios about Tom Parker and the, and the RCA records and Priscilla and his uh, drug addictions and 
and whatever how you want to put it. But I'm not going to talk about his drug addiction. I'm not going to talk about Tom Parker and Priscilla. And by the way, Priscilla is in the hospital. I mean, little Lisa Marie is in the, in the hospital. And you got to understand that for me, I, I realize this, that this is a man who's just like another man, who's just like me, who might be more talented than I am, but he's still a man. He's not, he's not supposed to be a hero. He's just a person that you should enjoy his music if you like old rock and roll or old uh, rhythm uh, vocal that's just pure. A lot like the Righteous Brothers, Unchained Melody, Great Voice, Nat King Cole, probably, probably the one of the better vocalist in the 20th century that no one really talks about because his music is not popular black men are not inspired to be like 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 Nat King Cole to be smooth and sing love songs and and be kind of a smooth cat someone that's you know he's he knows where he's at he knows where he's doing he understands the flow of the game. He's not obnoxious. He's not stupid, but he's just quiet. And that's something that most people don't like about music from from the Frank Sinatra and Elvis Presley and Dean Martin and the Righteous Brother. They just don't like that because they they don't know how to be kind of smooth or cool or clean to to different women. There our approach with women then and now is so different. Back then you had to be respectful, you had to open doors, you had to be cool. You could wear the coolest things in the world. But that's really that really doesn't matter. What matters is that Elvis is like Jesus, and a lot of people are gonna get mad about this because because they don't understand how can you compare Jesus Elvis to Jesus? Jesus would save your soul, and Elvis doesn't. But they have the same purpose. They give people hope. Now it really doesn't matter if 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 Jesus comes back or not. It matters if you actually believe in Jesus. It doesn't really matter if Elvis Presley is alive or dead. It's just Elvis. And, uh, and, and you know, this really sad thing about this whole thing is that, is that, is that there's like 3,900 men and women out there who personate Elvis Presley. They really do. And, you know, you wonder why they do that. And I always thought it was the strangest thing in the world. Because I know that if I would become an artist, I wouldn't, if, look, if I could sing a song like, between like Nat King Cole and Elvis Presley and Dean Martin, and I had a good voice, but I didn't sound like Dean Martin, I didn't sound like Elvis Presley, I didn't sound like Nat King Cole, but I had my own smooth voice, I wouldn't want to look like Elvis, I wouldn't want to sound like Elvis, 
I would want to sound like me. Like the thing is, that even in the seventies, with with Leonard Skinner and Foreigner and and uh, and those bands like Journey and and ACDC and all those bands from the seventies, none of those artists wanted to sound just like each other, like Almond Brothers or Doobie Brother. I mean, do, uh, I forget that band name, but. But think about that. All those 70s guys from the 1970s, they didn't want to sound like each other. They want to have their own flavor. So that's what I would have done as an artist. I would want I want people to compare me to Elvis or compare me to Frank Sinatra or compare me to Dean Martin, but I don't want them to tell me I sound just like them. Just like Eminem didn't want to sound just like Tupac before or Notorious, or who, Nas, or whoever Eminem was inspired from. You know, and the weirdest thing about people who imitate other celebrities or other musicians, you really got to think about their mindsets, the lack of confidence that they have in themselves, that, that instead of trying to come up with your own music, you 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 just sing cover songs from Elvis and you and you dress up like Elvis and you act like Elvis and you have to put makeup on like Elvis and then when you and when the show's over you got to take all that stuff off knowing that you're not that man now you can tell me I I may have sound mentally ill when I was a uh a youngster pretending to be Elvis, but when little kids imitate their heroes, it's quite natural and normal. When I have one of my nieces, I mean, one of my nephews, his favorite player is Mike Trout, and then he sometimes copycats Mike Trout's stance at the plate. Now, someday he's going to figure out that he's not Mike Trout, and he doesn't want to be Mike Trout. He wants to be like himself. It is very difficult for a boy to transition into a man, to a manhood. Something that my adoptive father said, or my father, it's very difficult for a boy to transition to a man because there's not a blueprint for every boy to follow that same book. It's just not. It's not possible. But, you know, the reason why I think there's a lot of personators of Elvis Presley is because, because not the fact that they don't have faith in themselves. It's because they don't have an identity of who they are. They're a lost identity. They don't, they don't understand what their goal is. They don't understand why they're here. And I can compare this to transgenders and 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 people in the LBGTQ. Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say transgenders. Men or women who are transitioning from one sex to another sex. And I don't, I'm not going to get involved in the scientific data and all this stuff. And it might be true. People might be genetically built to be a man if they're, and they feel like a woman. Or someone who's genetically built like to look like a woman, but it's actually wants to be a man. 
but but people people really need to have faith in themselves. It's okay to have heroes. It really is. It's okay to follow Jesus' footsteps. But you always have to remember you're not Jesus. You got to do the right thing like Plato has said. But you're still not Jesus. Just like you're still not Elvis Presley or Mr. Presley. You know, people don't understand that. I would go out of my way. If I ever had a chance to meet Elvis Presley and I was uh, playing instruments like the drums or the guitar or the piano or if I was, had a studio, the only way that I, w- I would ever want to meet Elvis Presley is in a studio. And I would love to write him songs for him to sing. You know, if I could write songs for Metallica and James Hetfield, I would do the same thing. Even in if that... Even if I'm not a Metallica fan. I'm not really a big Metallica fan. I like the Black Album. But the Black Album isn't really uh, any close near to the first two or three albums. It just isn't. But you can tell that I'm not a true uh, Metallica fan because I like the Black Album. And other two Metallica fans hate that album. They just hate it. Which I think is kind of funny. It's probably because they sold out. Technically, they sold out. I got to get a drink of water. But think about this, folks. Think about this. You're a guy in your 30s. You're like, hmm, what am I going to do with my life? So instead of playing your own guitar, instead of playing your own drums, Instead of joining a band, you go out of your way to buy a wig, grow your sideburns, get a tan or a spray tan, uh, buy uh, uh, some weird uh, outfit, onesies. Basically, anything Elvis Presley wore in the 70s was basically a onesie. No, the PJ, a, 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 a PJs, pajamas. But think about that, folks. You go out of your way to try to be someone that you're not, and you kind of wonder, why? Why? Who are you running away from? Are you really running away from yourself or from your own family who brought you up or your mother who gave birth to you or your dad who conceived you? You're really trying to be someone that you're not. And I have a theory about this as well. I think that all these Elvis Presley personators are men who wish that Elvis Presley was their father. They probably would have loved it. And I used to do the same thing when I was eight years old. Man, that'd be so cool to be Elvis Presley's kid. But then I would be thinking, well, he, he would be dead right now. I'd be 11 years old, and, and, and he's dead. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I don't, man, I don't want to condemn people for liking Elvis Presley. Because his music is very good. Now, is it a sellout? Maybe. 
But you know what? That's what they did in the 50s and the 60s. You know, any record company that you sign, they would start to transition you to an artist that you were not. Think about this. Elvis was a honky-tonk rhythm and blues singer, and then he had a vocal coach, and then train Elvis how to train his voice to sound like the way it does with suspicious minds and moody blues and 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 uh the burning love and and love me tender and all those songs and in some ways i think justin bieber should do the same thing he should take singing lessons and start singing songs from the righteous brothers or nat king cole or or frank sinatra but no one tells him that because they don't want him to grow up they want him to be like 22 years old year after year and after year so i really i really don't i really just think that people really need to have more faith in themselves you're halfway there you want to be like elvis presley but you're not and that's okay just like malcolm x said i don't need to be I don't need to be look like a beautiful white person. It's not important for Malcolm X because he's black. And that's one thing he taught me. When Malcolm X taught me that. It's going to be difficult for me to accept myself for being disabled. But I have to adjust that and understand that I was never intended to look like Elvis Presley. Or never attending to be just like Malcolm X. I was never attending to look like George Washington. Or General Washington. Or President Washington. I was never. I was never supposed to be that. I didn't need to be that. I just didn't need to be that at all. And now I'm in my 40s. Trying to figure out. What I like to do. And maybe podcasting is the right thing to do. But, ladies and gentlemen, I just wish people would be more happy with themselves. I don't think it's healthy for people to pretend to be someone they're not. You can listen to Elvis all you want. You can listen to James Hubfield and Metallica. You can listen to to Justin Bieber if you like that stuff. You can listen to Aerosmith and all that. But be yourself. It's okay to look up to your heroes, but it's not okay to worship your heroes. Believe in yourself. All right. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This is the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. You can also email me at crazydrepodcastshow at gmail.com. You can find me on Apple and Spotify. And I'll give out a shout-out again to Buzzsprout. Uh, they distribute my podcast to other sources and podcast uh, source out there. So thank you. And uh, peace and love and happy birthday, Elvis, wherever you are.